When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much backlist. This is episode 98, and today I'm going to talk about a few great titles related to the week's new releases and more. So hello! I hope everyone is relaxing comfortably, getting lots of rest, because next week on June 4th, or it might not be June 4th when you're listening to this, or it might have already happened, you might be in the future. Do we have jetpacks? Let me know. Uh, it's going to be the most amazing new release day of the year so far on June 4th. Um, there are so many good books coming out that day. You're going to want to clear your calendar, if not to go and get a bunch of these books, at least to just look at all the titles coming out, because it's a ridiculous amount of books. And I've read several of them. I'm so excited about them. Can't wait to tell people all about them next week. Uh, so just mark that down, June 4th. You know, kitten load of books coming. Just, and you'll know what it is next week when you get there. Um, before I tell you about the great books I have to talk about today, I want to tell you about the show's sponsor. Today's episode of All the Backlist is sponsored by Amazon Publishing and The Vanishing Season by Dot Hutchinson. When a little girl vanishes, FBI agent Eliza Sterling follows the clues to a disturbing pattern and an unbelievable discovery. Now, in a race against time, Eliza will have to crack the case to bring home the missing girl and bring closure to a case that has haunted her team since its inception. But at what cost? This is the thrilling conclusion to Dot Hutchinson's Collector series. It's The Banishing Season by Dot Hutchinson, brought to you by Amazon Publishing, and we thank them for sponsoring. So for this week, I was thinking about how May was Asian American and Pacific Islander month, and so I picked a few of my favorite books by authors uh, who are Asian American or Pacific Islander, um, starting with Marriage of a Thousand Lies by S.J. Sindhu. I know I've mentioned it before, but I really feel like this book does not get enough attention. I love this book. It's about a woman named Lucky. She and her husband Krishna are gay. So they have this sort of, they have an arranged marriage to make their Sri Lankan American parents happy, but they're technically, it's not, it's not a real marriage. Um, she dates women, he dates men, their family isn't around, so it, they don't have too many issues with that. Uh, but then Lucky's grandmother gets sick and she has to go back to her hometown, and while she's there, she runs across her first love, Nisha. And it turns out that Nisha is about to enter in, into an arranged marriage that she's not super excited about. And so now Lucky is like having regrets about her marriage with Krishna. And she's trying to talk Nisha out of go, getting, going ahead with her marriage. And, you know, like maybe they could make a go of it together. And But what would that do if they came out to their families? Um, it's just, it's really beautiful. And it pulls at your heartstrings. And I just, I love this book. And I think more people should read it. It is Marriage of a Thousand Lies by S.J. Sindhu. And then I was thinking there's Pachinko, which I'm sure most of you have read, if not heard of. Uh, it's by Min Jin Lee. But it's going to be a TV show soon on Apple TV whenever that happens. And if you haven't read it, I highly recommend picking it up. Uh, it starts in the early 1900s in Korea. There's a woman named Sunja who is a young woman who works at her parents' boarding house. Her father was a fisherman. Um, they're not very well off, and she falls for a fast-talking stranger. He's very wealthy, 
Um, she gets pregnant, and it turns out, of course, after she's pregnant, that she finds out he's married, um, which is very disappointing. So now she's an unwed mother. She's bringing shame to her family, and one of the boarders at the boarding house turns out to be this this minister. He's very unwell, um, very sickly, and he's headed to Japan, and offers to marry Sunja and take her to Japan with him. And so she agrees to it because she doesn't want to bring shame to her family. And so they move to Japan. Um, But in Japan, they find out that, like, Koreans at this time are treated like third-class citizens. They have to stay in this certain part of the city. Um, They're not treated well at all. They can't have good jobs. It's very... They're struggling. It's very hard for them. She ends up having a son. uh, And it's the story of, like, the many generations going forward of the Koreans in Japan... Um, it's so beautiful. I'm super excited for the TV show. I don't get excited for shows often, like adaptations. I'm like, mm. I watched an adaptation of one of my favorite books the other night, which I'm not going to mention because I don't like to say bad things about things in public, but it was awful. Oh my goodness. It was so bad. Um, so that's <laughs> being so secretive. And, uh, so, but I am so excited for this TV show. Like, I think it's going to be fantastic. And this book is just so, so great. So that is Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. Uh, My next pick is almost backless. It's like, it's coming out in paperback on June 25th. So I'm going to count it because it was one of my favorite books of last year. It is Front Desk by Kelly Yang. It is a wonderful middle grade novel. It's about a girl named Mia. She's 10 years old. She lives in California. Her parents take a job Uh, working at a motel. At first they think, like, they just have to work the front desk and they have a place to live there. And it turns out that Mr. Yao wants them to clean all the rooms and he keeps giving them more and more jobs to do and no more money And because he knows that they're kind of stuck. Like, they've just uprooted their lives and now he's told them, oh, by the way, I'm not going to pay you as much as, you know, I had said and also you have to do all this work. So what are they going to do? Are her parents going to quit and try to find other jobs, which is hard for them because they're immigrants? Or are they going to just do what he says? So she ends up working the front desk at this motel while her parents clean rooms and do everything else. Um, Mia wants to be a writer. She's keeping track of, like, everything that's going on at the motel. She doesn't have a great time in school. The son of uh, Mr. Yao is in her class, and she gets teased a lot. Uh, And to make things more difficult, her parents have been letting immigrants who travel through the town uh, stay for free to help them out. Um, but they know that they could lose their jobs if Mr. Yao finds out. Uh, and it's it's such a wonderful book. And this is actually based on experiences that Kelly Yang had herself as a child. Her parents worked at a motel. Um, so I highly recommend this one. It's Front Desk by Kelly Yang. And just out in paperback, another one of my favorite books of last year, it's Severance by Ling Ma, which is a sort of apocalyptic millennial generation novel about a young woman named Candace. She's in her 20s. Um, She's an orphan. Her parents died a few years before. She's very, very well off, and so she's not very motivated. She's kind of apathetic about everything. She works in publishing, working on a teen Bible. Um, She's not interested in much. She has casual sex. She parties. And because she doesn't really pay attention to what's going on around her, doesn't really care, a plague is hitting the city, and... It's been going on for a long time before she even realizes it. And at first, she kind of embraces it. She starts making a blog. She takes photos of, like, abandoned subway trains and abandoned buildings, and she calls herself New York Ghost and blogs about the city. But eventually she realizes, like, she's going to have to find other people 
because she needs to survive. She can't do it by herself. She doesn't know what to do. Um, and she hooks up with this group led by a holy roller named Bob. He is leading everyone to a place called the facility where he says that they will be able to um, start again, remake the world, re remake populations, like start over. And they don't really know where this is, but they're like, we need, you know, strength in numbers. So they follow him. But Mia, uh, not Mia, um, Candace, I'm talking about the last book again. Candace has a secret that might change everything if they find out about it. Um, so she doesn't know whether she should reveal the secret or continue on with them because she might need them for her survival. So it's so good. Um, it's Severance by Ling Ma. And I want to briefly mention, because I was talking about June 4th at the beginning of the show, um, Night Sky with Exit Wounds, which is just one of the most unbelievable books of poetry I've ever read. It's by Ocean Vuong and won like a million things, nominated for a million things. He is such an incredible writer. And I mention this because next week his novel, uh, On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous, comes out, which is possibly the best novel that I've read this year. Um, just so unbelievable. His writing is like music. It like washes over you. It's incredible. So I want to mention him because, wow, I just read the review in the Washington Post this week. I mean, everybody's calling this like the novel of the year. So mark that down on your calendar or on your desk or on your forehead for next week when it comes out. Um, and also pick up his book of poetry. It's Night Sky with Exit Wounds, and that's Ocean Vuong. And today for Dealer's Choice, it's getting hot. It's getting summery. People are going to the beach. It makes me think of sharks. Sharks are like my favorite animal. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have giant shark decals on my walls. I've got a case full of books about sharks. Um, but one of my favorites is Close to Shore, The Terrifying Shark Attacks of 1916 by Michael Capuzzo. And if you've been listening to the show, you know that I am terrified of sharks. I have an irrational fear. I guess that's why it's called irrational, because like I'm afraid to go in like lakes and, and pools, and you know I don't go in the ocean at all. Um, so if you're afraid of sharks, this might not be the book for you, but if you're not afraid of sharks, or if you are afraid of sharks, but you enjoy being terrified out of your mind, as I do, um, this is a great book. This is actually the story of the shark attacks in 1916, or what Peter Benchley loosely based Jaws on. It was the summer of 1916 on the New Jersey shore. It was, like, unusually warm, or hot, I should say. Everybody was going to the beach, and a shark somehow got off track out of the ocean and started heading up the New Jersey shore into the river. Um, there is a, a, a little tiny strange theory about some sort of German test submarine scaring the shark and sending it off course, but like nobody can prove that. Um, and so the shark gets into the river and attacked five people in its travels and four of them died. Um, and there was a debate uh, about whether it was a bull shark or a great white. There are three kinds of sharks that, that attack people unprovoked. It's the great whites, bull sharks, and tiger sharks, um, which is just something that I know because I'm weird. And um, so there's kind of a, de a debate about that. And also, like as the water gets warmer because of global warming and as um, we overfish, the sharks come closer and also... Um, like they will go up into colder temperatures. They're adapting to colder temperatures because of, because of fishing. So, I think that's part of what happened. Is you know it was warm and the, the shark decided to head off on its own. So, um, but if you're you know swimming and you're worried about sharks, you know there are an average of like 120 shark attacks yearly um, around the world, which is not that many. And like four or five of them end up being fatal. 
and which is horrible. But keep in mind that for every person who dies from a shark attack, uh, we kill about six million sharks. So those are some odds. Um, so that's my that's my ghoulish little fun uh, dealer's choice pick, I guess. Um, but I do love sharks. I love talking about sharks. I could talk about them all day. Um, so, but I'm not going to. Uh, so that is it for me this week, book lovers. And thank you to our sponsor, Amazon Publishing and The Vanishing Season by Dot Hutchinson. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. If you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers to find us. And if you want to talk about books or sharks or see my cats who are enormous, you can catch me on Twitter at Miss Liberty, on Litzy under Liberty, and on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. I'll be back on Tuesday with Rebecca Shinsky to tell you about the week's great new releases. So have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading.